Welcome to the 6AM Run Podcast. My name is Mark Paisant. I'm an avid runner, a certified personal trainer, a 6AM Run ambassador, and host of the show. Be sure to head over to the website, 6AMRun.com, to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the 6AM Run Podcast. As always, this is Mark Paisant. I'm so happy to have you listening to the show. I hope you're having an amazing summer. I know where I'm at, kids start school soon. As much as I love having them around, it's good to have them back so I can get a little peace and quiet. They're actually waiting for me right now because I'm going to take them out after this. Um, But I digress. As always, we have a really good show for you today. Um, We have Dr. Laura Hughes that's going to be joining us. That's H-U-G-H-E-S if you're looking for her. But before we get started, this show is brought to you by 6AM Run and 6AMRun.com. Head over to that website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order. So we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about high achievement. We're going to talk about mind-body connection. We're going to talk about health and fitness, of course, maybe a little bit of growth mindset. And I always love to have the conversation about women empowering women because I think men should be doing the same thing. But Dr. Laura Hughes, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why don't you go and just introduce yourself for our audience? Hello, I am Dr. Laura Hughes. Just call me Laura. Um, It's taken me a long time to come around to just own the doctor part of it because I actually have two doctorate degrees, but in everyday life and with my clients and customers and community, I'm just Laura. And I'm coming to you from Toronto, Canada, and I have a 10-month-old, so he's with my mom right now. He's not going back to school in September. Um, It's been a really fun year with him so far, but yeah, super happy to be here. Thank you so much, Mark. Well, uh, so between the two of us, we have two uh, PhDs. Um, just want to put that out there. I do not have one. So um, I am very much looking forward. And by the way, I, I you people may call you, maybe call you Laura. I, I really understand how hard it is to get that, um, that doctor in front of your name. So, you know, congratulations on all the hard work. And for, I mean, you, you brought it up. How has motherhood been treating you? It's been amazing. You know, I am a little bit older, as my midwife liked to call me. I was a geriatric mother. (laughs) I just turned 41, and I didn't think pregnancy was in my cards um, and got pregnant. And it's been, you know, we can talk about that. Maybe it'll come to the conversation on physical health and mental health with motherhood, but it's been amazing. It's been amazing. He's a lovely baby, and I've bounced back postpartum, and yeah, nothing to complain about. Well, I, uh, so I have two girls. Everybody knows that. And I, I remember when they were babies and they were so cute. And now they talk and talk <laughs> back. And apparently, and apparently you have to like take care of them and feed them and, and, you know, put a roof over their head. But yeah, so kind of talk about, so you have two doctorates, two doctorates, uh, degrees and, and 
Was that something you always wanted to do? Did you always have that profession that you wanted to be a part of? What was it like for you growing up? Did you, were you into health and fitness? Were you into wellness? Were you just that kid that was like, ah, we'll see what happens, but what kind of brought you to that point in life? So not at all, none of the above. Basically, I am the first person in my family to go to university. So my parents had good jobs, but they came from the generation where you didn't necessarily have to go to university. So it was very important, especially to my father, who was an immigrant to Canada, that you know his sacrifices amount to something, which I totally understand. And all of his girls were going to go to university. So I actually loved art and writing and reading and but it was very important to him that we go into science because science is where safe, secure jobs were. Um, so I kind of found myself at the end of my bachelor's degree in nutrition and it was okay. It was okay. But I, I really wanted to go to Europe. I wanted to take a gap year in Europe. And my dad said, you're not going to go bum around Europe and work in a bar. You can go to Europe if you, you know, pursue some extra education. So I found a master's degree in the Netherlands and it kind of just snowballed a little bit out of control you know, I enjoyed it. I met a guy. Um, it was really interesting research, I have to say. And I was offered a PhD position. And all of a sudden, I'm doing my PhD in epidemiology and epigenetics, um, traveling on the weekend. So I definitely maximized the lifestyle over there. It's a little bit different in Europe than in North America with doing your graduate studies. You're really considered an employee and a researcher. So I had a salary. I had, you know, vacation time. So definitely made the most of it. But what happened was I got to the end of that and realized like, oh my goodness, I've really pigeonholed myself <laughs> down a track that I don't think I'm passionate about. And what I was noticing in research was that the people that were successful and happy were super passionate about their research because, you know, the farther you go in academics, the, the narrower you get, right? So it was kind of a come to Jesus moment for me. And around the same time, my father ended up getting really sick. Um, he got cancer and passed away within two weeks of diagnosis, which was really crazy to me because my PhD and postdoc was in the realm of cancer and nutrition. And I was, you know, in this modern world, how could this happen? So that really woke me up to there has to be a different way. There has to be something I'm more passionate about. You know, I have the rest of my life ahead of me. I saw his experience in the Western medical system and the hospital system. And just the hopelessness there. And I, you know, I was like, how do I help people not ever reach this point? And how do I help families that are at this point navigate things a little bit differently? And that's really when I discovered naturopathic medicine. So I know, I'm not sure how it is in Georgia where you are, but in North America, you there's naturopathic medicine in several states and provinces, and they're board certified medical professionals. And basically the approach of naturopathic medicine is much more about prevention and much more about figuring out the root cause and whole body health, mind, body, spirit health. And it just, when I found that my whole body lit up, like this was what I should be doing. So I definitely grew up with a health influence because my mom is a nurse, but there was never a desire to be a doctor or a nurse or go into it. I, I really just unconsciously found myself on this path and doing things I thought I should be doing. And that made sense in the moment, but long-term didn't. <laughs> and that, that's kind of what took me to my second doctorate degree. Right. And well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your father and I know how tough that can be. Um, my mother, uh, I've talked about before died of cancer also it was six months between diagnosis and, and death. And, and we, it affects so many of us, like it's, it's a terrible disease and, and, um, 
And it's just one of those things that you, you hear about all the time, but you can never really prepare yourself for it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and all those who are, are battling with cancer, have somebody, um, battling cancer, you know, please know that our thoughts are with you. So with, with your history, with your experience, is your thought process, like I'm going to combine the two. It's unfortunate that we have that mind frame where it's like, either I can be holistic or I can use pharmaceuticals. Either I can go to my primary care or go to, you know, chiropractic. It's, it's, it's. I don't like the fact that we try to pit them against each other, but how have you kind of used both worlds to help not only yourself, but to help others? Right. So it was really interesting when I was going through the program in school and considering my practice, um, how I was still really operating from my mind and what I thought I should be doing. And I thought, okay, well, I've just dedicated, you know, six or eight years of my life to this cancer research epidemiology program. I have to figure out some way to combine that with the naturopathic medicine in order to justify having done that. And that just made me really miserable because, <laughs> again, it wasn't my passion. So I 100% agree with you that I think the future of medicine has to be more integrative because, you know, we aren't just systems. And I think one of the problems with that, with, with Western medicine is everything is broken down into parts. And as we're human, we're whole, we're not like that. And even with something like cancer, you know, I, I found myself kind of being pushed in the direction of only helping people with cancer, but even like cancer is just not just, but people are more than cancer. I wanted, I wanted to help people. I didn't want to just treat cancer. So long story short, I had to really let go of my past in order to embrace my future. And I really had to let myself swing to the other side and learn some stuff that I thought I'd never be learning, like astrology and homeopathy and acupuncture and energetic medicine, which, you know, my scientific brain had been taught was hocus pocus and crazy. But I really had to let myself experience that and what it could do for people before I could really authentically merge the two. And that's what I do now. I really help people... I believe in evidence-based medicine. I believe in research and what, what doctors do. But I also think there's so many amazing things that are looked down upon. And what I try to do is be a bridge between the two because I know people trust me because of my background and what I've dedicated to learning. And if I can just help them feel safe exploring different options, that's what I love to do. Mm -hmm. and, and I love that because as, as I've spoken many times in this show about kind of the the journey I've been on is, is really trying to understand energy in and energy out. And I, I, I was not a big believer in it and not that I, it needed me to believe it, but, um, but I have started to understand that there is that kind of other part of all this when it comes to the energy forces around us. And, and again, somebody listen, maybe like, Oh, he's off his rocker. Like he's, but no, there is, I mean, I, in the past year I've tried acupuncture for the first time. It was freaking amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> and I tried a holistic doctor and I was like, oh my God, I feel great. But at the same time, you know, I go see my primary care when I have, you know, colds, bruises, bumps, all that good stuff. So in the work that you're doing, and I can say this in your professional opinion, when it comes to that, those energy forces, that mind body connection, you kind of mentioned that, you know, growing up you had mother was a nurse and you kind of had that healthcare part of you, but was that kind of like a paradigm shift or did you kind of always have that in you where you saw that mind body connection? 
No, it was 100% a paradigm shift. And one of my proudest things is that I've totally converted my mom <laughs> as well. Like she gets it now. And like you said, with your, your mom passing, and I'm so sorry to hear that as well, um, it, it really shakes everybody. And everyone is, who's affected is really forced to kind of look at things. And, you know, my mom saw what I was doing and she saw what I sacrificed to go back to school again and what I was coming home and sharing with her. So there's something she still gives me resistance on, but it's been a paradigm shift for the whole family. And, you know, she as a mother has observed me expanding into my happiness and my, I think my authentic self, which she hadn't ever seen up until now. So she sees me really being me. And I think that's the biggest clue for her that there's something here. Um, so I think that's the power we have as individual people too, is, you know, if we stay true to ourselves, and even if people think we're crazy, we can really ripple out change. And that's one of my, my big messages too. You'll find your people well, I think eventually. Would. Yeah, find, exactly. And and she she wouldn't be your mother if she didn't give you at least a little pushback. At least right. a little to- bit. Like she has to, she has to do that yeah. part. <laughs> so that that's that's great. And that, that's awesome that you guys uh, can can have that kind of conversation and, and go over that stuff. So um, kind of you said it was a paradigm shift, and I kind of want people to to know more about that because what you're talking about is someone who was classically trained if you want to say it that way i know you went to europe and the netherlands and i'm sure you had an amazing time over there that sounds great but let's be honest like you had the classical education you got into um was it uh is it Edema- what was the uh the two um doctors that you received again um, so i have my phd in um epigenetics in epidemiology epigenetics yeah, yeah. yeah and then my doctorate in naturopathic medicine no, okay. Yeah. So, um, and, and again, your, your goal is you want to help people. And I think what we can all, I, I hope people are learning from this is that there's really not just one set way to help people or to help groups of people. Like people are not monoliths. Like it's, I think it's, it's so often we see in, in, I, I apologize for scaring people, but especially with women in the healthcare system where so many women, I've heard stories of going in for hormonal issues or issues with after childbirth or, and the first, the first thing is like, Oh, let's put you back on the pill. It's yeah. like, it's so often let's put you back on the pill. Let's put you back on the, Oh, you're just going through something. It'll, it'll, and it's so invalidating and disheartening for so many women. But you know, the work that you're doing, it kind of allows people and you said it, be yourself, find your people, and to have a more open space. I'm assuming that's what you were going for as you've made this this kind of shift in, in the work that you're doing. Yes, 100%. And what I love to do, so I it was right around the beginning of the pandemic, I kind of sat down with myself and I was just reflecting on all these years I had at school and this paradigm shift that I'd had and how that had to come from within me. That had to come from appreciating that we can unlearn everything that we learned. And that's the power of our brain. And most people don't realize that. So I started a kind of a pet project podcast, um, more like a series. It's not like an ongoing one like this called Earthling 101. And it's basically helping just people learn everything we didn't learn at school, but should have learned at school. So with women, as you talk about, we have this inherent intuition. Like we've been, we were born like this for, you know, since the beginning of time. And over time, it's it's being conditioned out of us. And, you know, why don't we learn that at school? Why don't women, why don't girls learn how to express emotion? And, you know, I was taught, keep calm and carry on. If I cried at school, it was like, you know, 
you're fine, be a big girl, don't cry. <laughs> and it's just, it's so damaging. And how do we expect women to learn how to trust their intuition if something is up with their hormones, if they go to the doctor and they're either shamed or shut up or just given a pill? Like, so yes, I love just helping people learn how to tap into what, what's your body saying to you? Like, how do you learn to trust that? And how do you learn to advocate for yourself? Because yes, I'm a doctor. Yes, I've trained that way, but you can be your own best doctor. Like I, I believe in doctor as teacher more than doctor as guru or doctor as look at me. I know the answers to everything. Like, you know, you best. And how do I help you learn how to listen to yourself? So what, and, and I, I love that. And, you know, with a father of two girls, like you're absolutely correct. And I'm, I'm literally working hard every day, my wife and I, to, to make sure they they lean into how unique they are and how powerful they are. And I think that's, that's a great thing. So someone listening who may have that itch in the, in the, in the back of their mind, they're like, you know what? I, I hear what she's saying. I understand what she's saying, but I just, I don't know where to start. So someone who's looking that they, they may have low energy, <laughs> they may find themselves dozing off. They may find themselves unmotivated. They may, you know, whatever it is, stressed, overstressed, overstimulated, it, the, the list goes on and on. What are, and I, I, I know you don't really speak in generalities, but what are some things that people can do to maybe that doesn't include going to a doctor, doesn't include getting a pill that doesn't, because everything has a pill for it nowadays. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's just crazy to me. Um, what are just some things that people may be able to look into that can help with stress relief, that can of help course, with yeah. uh, libido, can help with, you know, just health and wellness overall that they can do in the comfort of their own home? So what I first want to offer people is just maybe the relief of knowing that it doesn't have to be that way. Because I think a problem is that, you know, again, we'd be conditioned to think, oh, it's normal to be this tired. It's normal to not have libido you know, working all day, it's a stressful world. That's just how it has to be. And it doesn't have to be that way. And you can live in this modern world with technology and busy jobs and career and not feel that way. So I think some really easy things, what I love doing is helping tap people back into nature because it's free. It's how our human bodies were designed to work. So part of my PhD was in the realm of epigenetics and really briefly and non-scientifically epigenetics is just how our genes express themselves. So a lot of us think, you know, if my mom or my dad died of cancer, it means I'm going to get cancer. And yes, there's a, there's, there's risk there, but we, there's so many things we can do in our everyday life to mitigate the risk of how our genes express themselves. And that comes from nature. So how we eat, how we sleep, how we, you know, our environment, our toxins around us. So one of the first things I would just encourage people to do is go outside and like put your bare feet on the grass. When was the last time you did that? And just feel yourself ground in and feel your body. And just, it's, I guess what I'm coming to is it's, it's really hard to start working on symptoms if you're not even aware of your body. So just helping people come into awareness with their body. And the easiest way to do that is just get outside on the ground and just feel your body attached to the earth <laughs> and ground yourself. And once, you know, we do simple things like that, um, it's all about just like what, what symptoms are coming up for you. And like, that's your body speaking to you. There's, it doesn't mean anything's wrong per se, but your body's expressing something. And how can we use some really simple natural tools to help you just recondition yourself? 
And I do a lot with essential oils and a lot with plants because I think they're safe, they're super effective, they're multidimensional and really fun. And I like making things fun for people because I think if they're fun, it's much easier to make it a habit and it's much more empowering. I What a great point at the end of that. What a great point because there's so many people who who don't, un- and I, I feel the same way. It's like, why do something with intent and purpose if it can't be fun? Like, I, I understand there is a, a time and a place for most things, but it's like, if this is going to help me and, and make me happier and, and, you know, help me reduce stress and be a better dad, all that good stuff, let's make it fun. Let's definitely make it fun. And I, one thing, this is kind of for my my personal use also. I don't know much about essential oils. I've heard of them. I've heard people speak about them. Um, I know what they are, but kind of talk about the work you do with essential oils and what mm-hmm. are some of the things it can help with. Absolutely. Um, so essential oils are the aromatic, so the smelly part of a plant. So they can be distilled from trees, flowers, fruits. Um, just, you know, picture when you like peel an orange you're, you're breaking the essential oil sac in the peel. When you smell a rose, you're smelling the essential oil of the rose. And what happens when we extract it from the plant, it's very concentrated. It's very potent. And interestingly, even though human beings aren't plants, our cells respond to plants very similar. So in the plant, the essential oil, it's its immune system. It's attracting pollinators. It's, it's doing a lot of functional stuff for the plant. When we put that in our bodies, it, our cells respond in a very similar way. And what I love about them is that they are multidimensional and I like making things fun and easy. I should say, let's make it as easy as possible because we live in a busy world. So I love how maybe you are going to use, you know, peppermint essential oil, which is very energizing and very uplifting for a headache. So you like, you rub it on your temples because there's a lot of research showing how it can, it can benefit muscle tension and headaches, but you're also getting that aromatic hit. You're uplifting your energy. Um, you are cooling your skin. So you're, you're, you're hitting your body in lots of different ways. And what I love about the oils that I work with is the company that I work with sources their oils in a very ethical, sustainable way. And plants are living creatures and they have energy. I, this is where people might think I'm crazy, but they have energy. So when we put that, you know, again, in our body, we're also getting that support from mother earth, that, you know, beautiful energy um, that's supporting our spirit as much as our physical body. So there's dozens and I mean, I don't know what talks you've gone on to on on essential oils, but you can use them for mind, for body, for spirit. I could talk about it for hours, honestly. (laughs) And the way you're talking about it, I really wouldn't mind listening to it for hours. I I think, Um, yeah, just one, just while this is dropping in, I think just going back to your original question on how do you help people get more energy and libido and one of a really simple thing, I think, especially in the U.S., getting here in Canada, but a lot in the U S is there's so many toxins in our environment that are really easy to avoid. So air fresheners, perfume, um, you know, we can talk about the pesticides and all that, but like in our homes that we could just get rid of and replace with essential oils. And you're all of a sudden taking a huge toxic burden off of your body. You're instantly going to feel more energy. You're going to feel less physical symptoms. You're going to feel much more clear minded. Um, and you're, you're getting rid of like the toxic stuff. So that's a really simple way that a lot of people get started with essential oils. They might not go to the level that I just described, but again, they're getting all these benef- side benefits they're not even aware of. And, and you, you bring up a great point about um, the toxins. And I just, I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I just learned 
about just the simple air fresheners we put in our cars that we sit in every day mm-hmm. that are blowing toxic. And and this is not like this is not hyperbole. This is actually a scientific fact that yes, those yes. are toxins that we literally sit in and breathe. And it can lead to people getting mind fog. It can lead to people being tired all the time. It can lead it affect your sleep, affect your mood, affect how you th- and and like. And there are also and there are ways you can use essential oils and and, and um, different flowers to actually, be, you know, take care of that instead. So I just I thank you for bringing that up because I just learned that literally last week, um, and I've been in cars with air fresheners my entire life. So yes, uh, every time I get into an Uber now and I smell it, I'm like, oh, like will you just put this wild orange in the thing instead? <laughs> um, no, it's it can be as dangerous as secondhand smoke for some people and. Mm-hmm. You know, for women, incredibly hormone disrupting. So if you're struggling with fertility or, you know, severe menopausal symptoms or just, you know, we talk about just slapping people on the pill, like what would happen if we just stopped exposing ourselves to some of these chemicals? It'd be just, you know, that's a really simple experiment. So now that that we've kind of discussed the essential oils, how they can help and and how you know, people can open their eyes again, and you're not telling people to to just change out their entire way of life and do this because one, a lot of people will just shut you off the the moment yep. you start talking like that because that that's that's not, the point is that you want people to 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 listen. You want to help them out. You don't want to ever make them feel that what they're doing is entirely incorrect. But you know, it's. It's 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 one thing as we we get older and and I've heard this and I've tried not to live this way but maybe a little bit as we get older we get more set in our ways um, and we we're not as malleable in our thinking as, and when I say we I'm kind of talking about <laughs> my my dad a little bit but um, I digress but so first of all everybody who's who's listening to the show if you can't see. Uh, uh, Laura, she she's in her forties and skin is absolutely amazing. <laughs> I would love for you to tell people, physically and mentally, what are some good ways that we can age gracefully? That mm-hmm. we can, and not, I, I, like I said, physically and mentally, because I, I we can all do our best to make sure the exterior still looks good. But when it yep. comes down to, we want to keep our memory. We want to make sure we're still sharp. We want to function at work. We have a thousand things being thrown at us at one time. How do we keep both of those parts of our, our, our body and mind, you know, sharp and, and fit? Absolutely. Um, I think first of all is just really trying to wrap your mind around the fact that it's never too late to change and it's never too late to change paths. So, you know, I, I'm 41 with a baby. This is, you know, I was married for almost 10 years and got divorced and it wasn't like a toxic divorce. It was just we hit a point in the relationship where we just realized it wasn't serving each other anymore. And it was one of the hardest things to do because nothing was wrong. (laughs) But, you know, I had to bring myself to a point where, you know, this is really scary having, you know, telling this person this, but, you know, I have to, for my own happiness and for, for his happiness. And I think the fact that I've been able to practice doing that. So, I mean, I'm not saying everyone has to go out and make these crazy life decisions, but even, you know, doing my PhD and then going back to school for four more years and, just trusting, just trusting yourself. And again, that learning to listen to your intuition and just trusting that it's never too late to change and that you're always guided. And, you know, if it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go, I guess 
this is how I help people manage stress is just wrapping their mind around. There's always a solution. <laughs> um, that's kind of from the mindset point of things. And then you physically just drinking a lot of water again, watching, just being conscious of the chemicals in your life. So I've done a lot of like detoxing my chemicals. Um, I used to be that person at duty free spraying perfume on myself every time I got on a flight home from Europe and that's gone out the window. And, you know, I hate to say it because I do enjoy a glass of wine, but minimizing alcohol has really, um, benefited me physically and mentally, especially as I age, I find that as I age, I can't handle it the same way I could as when I was even in my thirties. So just not being afraid to experiment and just try new lifestyle things as they kind of come into your awareness and they perk your interest, um, and just see how you feel. Just everyone is different. So what might work for me and might not work for you, but that's also the importance of surrounding yourself by people who are open to doing this work because um, then you don't feel so alone and so kind of pigeonholed. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to say it right now. Like you never have to say that it's a bad thing to limit alcohol. Like that is, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. Um, Cause on the flip side of that, I, I've never had anybody tell me you need to drink more alcohol like that, that, that would turn me off, <laughs> turn the ears <laughs> off immediately. But, um, but it's amazing. Like it, 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 this is what I was talking about before with the two, I don't even call them two philosophies cause they're not really, but, but the, the Western medicine and the holistic, like the, like they're clashing heads. People want, people want to, to pick a side, mm-hmm. but you've been in both of them and you just said, make sure you stay hydrated. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing like, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing how like it's it, when it comes down to it. And again, I've said this on the show before, like watching our alcohol intake making sure we get outside and get the sun on our skin and, and, and get grounded and, and just take a, mo- a few moments of that stress-free living and, and, and understand ourselves, drink enough water, get quality sleep. It's like, make sure it's like whatever walk of life you come from, it kind of comes back to the same thing sometimes when we talk about how can we just help people get back into the swing of things. Yeah. Because, um, well, I'll, I'll let you expand on that because I, I, I know that so many people, I will say this, like when we're looking at, and especially myself, when I look at the days I'm overly stressed, when I look at the days where I'm down or just I can't get anything right, I'll think to myself, how much water have I drank today? <laughs> and it'll be like two o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, oh, none, none. I've had zero. I've had coffee and orange. That's what I've had. I, and I know coffee, black coffee has, but I'm like, I haven't had one glass of water today. So, you know, in the work that you do, like sometimes the simplest answers are the right ones. A hundred percent. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to break that mental chatter of being so stressed and being so chaotic. And even you thinking to yourself, have I drank water today? That breaks that cycle. You go get the glass of water. You just change the routine for a minute and you feel better and you're hydrated as a bonus. Um, but yeah, as you said, the sun is so important. Getting sun on your eyes first thing in the morning, at night. People I know get really overwhelmed with food and nutrition because I think most people have kind of wrapped their head around the importance of good nutrition. But there's so many different diets and there's so many different experts saying X, Y, Z. And how to keep it really simple, how I start people is I just say, just stick to the perimeter of the grocery store. If you think about what's on the perimeter of the grocery store, in most grocery stores, it's like the fruit and veg. And you go back, there's like dairy. And then on the other side, there's 
it depends on your grocery store, but it's the whole foods, right? And I think dairy is being demonized. I'm, I'm a fan of dairy. That's a whole different podcast episode, but, um, just stick, like stay away from the aisles because they are mostly processed packaged foods. And that's just, you'd be amazed if you can just switch off the processed packaged foods and try a few weeks on whole foods, you feel less bloated, you feel more energy, um, you'll sleep better, you'll notice a difference in your skin. And that's just, it, it can be as simple as that, just changing how you grocery shop. Right. And you're absolutely right with um, the amount of diets there. Just on this show alone, I've, I've interviewed uh, a proponent of keto, a vegan, I believe a pescatarian, uh, I just had a dietitian on uh, that I recorded with. And I think one of the things that out of all the things I've learned, because I've learned, I don't get me wrong, like I do the show for the people listening, but I also, I'm learning a lot myself, is that you can figure out what your body likes and what it works best on and what fuels it the best. I could tell you right now, high protein eggs, carbohydrates, all that good stuff. Like my body works best on that. And when I switch it over to, you know, plant-based, which I know more people, a lot of people like go to plant-based, but when I do that and I, I get most of my calories from plants, like my energy goes down. And once I introduce some eggs and some protein in it, boom, it shoots right back up. And there's people out there who are the opposite of me. There are people like they're opposite of me. And, and that's what makes us amazing as humans is that we're unique. And so that's why I like speaking to people like you who's, and I'll be honest, like your, your message is find what works for you. Find your clan, find your click, you know, watch the toxins, stay hydrated and, and have fun and be happy. Um, and a really, really simple question for you is, is, you know, you're, you're a new mother you talked about your divorce, how it wasn't a bad place for you. It was a it was a decision you made for the happiness of you and your former partner. Um, what does happiness mean? What does happiness look like to you? This has been a total paradigm shift for me as well, because in the past, happiness would have been achieving as much as I could achieve, you know, having on paper what, you know, society kind of conditions us again to think that we need, like the house, the hu husband, the kids, the money, the vacations. And now for me, it's just, it's honestly the ability to be on a podcast like this at 1.30 in the afternoon, not having to stress about having to go back and report to a boss and going down to, my mom is helping look after my son right now, but going downstairs and seeing him smile at me and seeing him experience the world for the first time has really just retapped me into you know, the odds of us all being here are so slim to none, if you really think about it. And just our bodies are so miraculous and the nature is so miraculous. And if we can just kind of shut out the noise for a second and just appreciate that, it just blows my mind. And I just want to make the most of my life here on earth with the people I love and just helping other people who have this inkling that there could be more, that there, there can be more. And you can make it happen for yourself. You don't need anyone to do it for you. You can do it for yourself. You don't need, you know, it's, 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 it's the questions like that and the answers like that, which make me appreciate doing this show because you're absolutely right. Like some, when you sit back and think about it, like the fact that the, the, just the percentage, the chance of you and I meeting, 
in this entire world is very slim. Like it's very slim the, uh, having this conversation, the chance that I am where I am. I coach the girls that I coach. I know the people I know. I have the job I have. Everything is important and everything means nothing at all at the same time. It's, it's crazy when you think about it. It's crazy when you think about it. So, um, and I, I like, again, I like to live that way. And, and I like to pat myself on the back and think how, how far I've gotten. So what is, what's next for you? What's next for Dr. Laura Hughes? You, and I'm not saying that in a way like you haven't done so much already, but, but what is, what is next for you? Um, well, I'm actually expecting again, so I will be a 42-year-old mother with two under 16 months, so um, that's exciting. And yeah, just just getting a bit more bold and courageous sharing this message and meeting other podcast hosts and just, yeah, spreading this word, whatever that looks like. I'm not sure what that looks like yet, but we're starting here. That, that's a good thing. And, and congratulations. I'm glad you waited to the 36 minute mark to, to <laughs> drop that nugget on, on us. But that is great. So, uh, Dr. Laura, how or excuse me, Laura, as you said, um, how do people get in contact with you online? How do they find out more about what you're doing? Or how do they just get to meet you online and, and know more about what you are saying out loud to help people in this world? Of course, yes. I love hanging out on Instagram. So on Instagram, I'm Dr. Dr. Laura Hughes. And then I actually have just done this for my podcast connections because I know I do a lot of master classes and online teaching on YouTube. But if you're listening to a podcast, chances are your preferred vehicle is listening. So I've just taken one of my favorite master classes on just how to use nature in really simple, empowering, fun ways and switch that into a four part like mini podcast um, series. Um, so you can download that on my website at drlaurahughes.com slash nature. So I can share that link with you and maybe it can go in the show notes or something for, to make it easy for people. Yes, you can actually pause the show right now if you want to and go to the show notes and find that link. It will be there. Again, she has another former podcast that was a series called Earthling 101, Instagram, all that good stuff. I, I really think... Um, if you're listening to this show, and, and I've tried to be one of the uh, most courteous hosts and, and get a lot of good people on here, but again, this might be one of the ones that you just want to download and just go back and listen to some some nuggets here and there whenever, maybe just for some maintenance. Like You don't have to choose a time where you feel really down or really low or really stressed. Just every few weeks, go back, think about what she said, and, and oh, yeah, I do need to drink water. Oh, yeah, maybe I should go outside. Maybe I should stay grounded. Maybe I should, you know, do these things and, and try to help myself out. So, Laura, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. Congratulations on being a new mother and congratulations on <laughs> expecting the second one. Thank you. Um, if you thought your life changed at one, wait till you have two of them running around because that... <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be fun. I'm just kidding. I, they're, they're great. I love my girls. They're amazing. So you have a great rest of your day and you take care of yourself. Okay. Thank you. You too. Thank you as always for listening to the 6am run podcast. Again, I'm your host, Mark Paisant. 
please like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this amazing content. If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6AMRun to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world.